Welcome to Kill Chain, a platform cybersecurity and technology podcast presented by Fleet Defender. I'm your host, Marcus Q, and with me today is CEO and founder of Fleet Defender, Terry Reiner. Hello, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about AI and insurance and how AI can help reduce insurance rates. So stay tuned. Terry, thank you for joining today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been a little while since we did one of these. Uh, Pretty excited. Yeah, excited to be back on the air. So the topic we have today is really based around an article that we saw recently all about using AI for pricing insurance policies. Pretty interesting new use for AI. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not a a new idea in the insurance industry, right? Like they've been looking at ways of collecting driver data and safety data and all this other stuff to like help them underwrite and, and price insurance policies. And I think it was just inevitable that with all that data that they've been collecting and continue to collect that they were going to apply AI to it, right? Like that's the whole idea of data science, right? Like just raw data comes in and structured information comes out and that structured information helps them price, you know, policies. Yeah. And I I think about how, you know, vehicles are becoming more like software defined vehicles or internet connected, and they're just producing so much data that you're finding so many new use cases for it. Right. And that's the crazy thing, right? Like we already knew there was a ton of data in cars, like on the control system networks, like those controller area networks or CAN buses, just tons and tons of data. I mean, 10 to 12,000 messages per second per bus, just tons and tons of data. But then you start adding all this, like what we would call like application layer data, right? And all this telemetry coming off of the vehicle through the telematic systems, the ELDs, the connected car device, you know, oh yeah, just tons of data. And now like even with dash cams and and cameras and stuff, tons and tons of data. That's what's pretty wild is the cameras, right? Is, I mean, now you have, uh, tell me if I have the word right, computer vision, which is, you know, the camera looking at things and determining what they are on its own and, and behaviors on its own. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got, yeah, exactly. We, we, we started applying AI and computer vision like early on, um, looking at uh, dash cam footage to reduce false positives, right? Like, you know, sometimes like if a, if a, if a driver breaks very heavily, it could trigger a safety incident, even though like, was it a safety incident? Was it not a safety incident? Like, and you would need humans to go through like all that video, find the right time, see what actually happened, analyze it and so on and say, oh, just the driver braked hard. Like that wasn't a safety incident or whatever else. So now you can use computer vision, take all that video and then have it like classify the video and say, yes, it was a safety incident or no, it wasn't. And then reduce that load off of needing like lots of humans to look through it. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Even thinking beyond cameras. Cause I know cameras might actually be something that won't be needed in too long. Cause if you have every sensor on every vehicle producing data and all the vehicles around it producing data, you can almost reconstruct what's happening on the road just off of that. Right. And I mean, and, and cameras, like they're very useful, but at the same time, they're not, um, because there's a lot of privacy concerns around it. Right. So imagine if you're putting a camera in a cab, looking at the driver to look at like drowsy driver, distracted driver, that kind of stuff, right? Like privacy violation, like no driver is going to want to have a camera pointed at their face. They're not going to want to work for that company. That company is going to have a lot, like a, a hard time, like retaining drivers. So even though they're trying to do something good, right, like reduce or increase safety and reduce accidents, like they're going to drive away a lot of their drivers because 
no driver wants to have a, a camera point in their face. So let's just turn the camera around and point outside, right? Like, let's look at traffic. Did somebody cut off the driver and that's why they braked? Uh, like what happened in the, the time leading up to that accident? Not that big of a deal, right? But now you're collecting like facial data. You're collecting like, there's a lot of privacy issues, not just with the driver, now with everybody around the vehicle. Like, do you want your face on some camera and someone's using your biometrics that you don't even know about? Like, so like privacy issues just across the board, whether it's pointed inside or out. And so, you know, cameras aren't the answer. Like if you look at LIDAR, for example, LIDAR, like that's not going to take a biometric scan of your face. So like pedestrians on the side of the road and other places like that, that privacy concern is alleviated. Um, things like that. Right. And then like, instead of having a camera focused inside on the driver, you can tell if they're distracted or drowsy just by looking at how the vehicle is being driven and how the vehicle is responding to the driver, what inputs the driver is providing. Like that's something that fleet defender already does. You know, like we look at a lot of that information. And so we can tell all that stuff without having to put this, you know, highly obtrusive camera focused on the driver and the driver wonder like, oh, wow, I was picking my nose. Like, is somebody at the back office going to see that now because they got this camera in my face? Yeah, you touched on this a little bit. And I think it's interesting for the topic we're, we're talking about, it, which is insurance, is creating driver profiles based off the vehicle data is if you can watch how a driver drives long enough, you can build a baseline of what is normal operation for them. And, and can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. I mean, not only driving a, not even like, okay. So creating a baseline. Yeah. That's, that's the first piece, right? Like that's a, a big piece because, um, you can tell again, is, is, is somebody like having a bad day? Are they driving differently than what they normally drive? Are they creating a safety hazard or is it just, you know, kind of along the lines of how they drive? Um, you know, is there ways of coaching them to make them a safer driver? You know, like we're starting to see these trends over time um, of fast acceleration or, or heavy braking or, or going too fast around turns. Like we, we can start coaching drivers to be safer, drive money and negotiating contracts with their carriers um, because they're a safer driver and they have more skills and so on and so forth there. But then there's the other piece, um, like outside of even the trucking industry, let's look at commercial fleets too. Um, we can uniquely identify the driver based on how they're driving a vehicle, right? Like that's a biometric all in itself. And so I know just, or not I, but like, you know, fleet defenders, you know, AI models, like we know that it's driver, you know, Bob, because we know what Bob looks like when he drives a car and we can uniquely identify a driver. Like that is a unique fingerprint of a human being. And you're a commercial fleet that's having with, you know, spouses driving vehicles at night or significant others taking company vehicles to the grocery store, to the bar or whatever else when they're not supposed to, like only the employee is supposed to be driving that car, violation of company policy, violation of insurance policy, so on and so forth. Um, we'll actually be able to flag that as a safety incident or you know, to the to the back office saying, hey, you know, this vehicle that was assigned to Susie, you know. Susie's not the one driving it right now. Was it stolen or did she let somebody borrow it or what's going on there? Yeah. And that's where when we're talking about insurance, creating a really personalized rate, right? I mean, you can make a exact rate for the risk of this specific person because you're no longer bucketing people. It's everybody has their own specific profile. Right. And, and that's an interesting one because 
you know, like Progressive, I think, was the company. They rolled out their little dongle that you plug into the OBD2 and it monitors how you drive. And they swear that they will never increase your rates, only decrease your rates <laughs> yeah, if you're I don't a safe know. driver, right? Uh, yeah, who, who knows? But, um, you know, so so there are people who are doing some stuff in that area now. Um, but I think there's still a lot of room for growth. I think one of the more interesting things um, – on the insurance side is that a lot of the insurance providers, especially for commercial fleets and, you know, long haul tractor trailers and stuff, they're using data from uh, the FMCSA. Um, and that data it's a, uh, sorry, federal motor carrier safety administration. Um, you know, that data is a couple of years old and not only that, but it only catalogs like, actual like safety incidents or get a trucker getting a ticket or like, you know, when bad things happen, it's not looking at real time data of, you know, how things are actually going like, yeah, that trucker, that driver, whatever, they might've got an accident three years ago, or they got pulled over for a ticket two years ago. But ever since that day, they have driven like an angel, like perfect driving record since then. Right. And so when they're, when they're making these, these, uh, these policies, like not only, are they like carrier wide? Like what is the overall safety of the carrier? And it's not looking at each driver individually, but it's using really old data too. And so using AI on some of this telemetry and telematics and, and this and that, like all this data coming out of the vehicle now, like using AI gives you a real time safety rating. Like that's something fleet defender has been pushing for, for a while, like real time safety rating of the driver. You can see at any given second, what the safety rating is of that driver, how they're driving in that moment, and um, and then use that to coach them to make them safer. But now on the other side, the insurance companies can now use that data to say, hey, this guy, yeah, he might have made a mistake a couple of years ago, or this gal made a mistake uh, you know, six months ago, but ever since then, they've been perfect. And we can actually give them credit for that and make them feel like one mistake or one thing that happened isn't going to go like across their entire career and affect them years down the line when carriers won't hire them because that would lower their safety profile. Right. Yeah. It's almost as if old risk profiles focused only on the negative actions. Right. And it was just a scorecard right. of negative actions. Whereas now with data and with AI and being able to do this almost in real time is you're cataloging the entirety of the person, the entirety of the driver, good and bad. Right. I, I, I mean, look at like what we teach our kids, right? Like, okay, you build all this trust, but one lie erodes all that trust. And then it's going to take you, you know, years and years to build or months and months or whatever to, to like rebuild that trust with me by telling me the truth the whole time. Like when it comes to insurance and all that stuff, like we, we have the technology to do it in real time. Like why, why would we penalize people for something that happened a long time ago? Right? Like that doesn't make any sense because we want to know what is the safety of our fleet today, not well, what do we think the safety of our fleet is today based on data we collected five years ago? Like that's, you're, you're not making decisions based off of real data. Like you're, you're basically it up at that point. Yeah. Another really interesting aspect to all this is, you know, if an accident does occur is that you can look at the data from both vehicles to determine fault rather than going off of, you know, 
well, this person said this, this person said this, and well, these were the conditions around it. You can actually look at, okay, did somebody break fast first, you know, or you can look at all these pieces to actually assign fault. And that's where I wonder if in the future, that's what insurance carriers will do is, you know, they'll marry up the data of the two vehicles to say, okay, well, objectively, this person was actually at fault. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the really interesting things about like eyewitnesses is if, if 10 people witness an accident, you're going to get 10 different stories on what happened. Like this is like right. a known phenomenon, right? Like they talk about this all the time. And so like you, I mean, can you really trust eyewitness testimony? Like, no, like you really can't because everyone's going to see it slightly different. And so it really takes these, you know, really experienced investigators to kind of take all the data in from eyewitnesses, but also other data and like piece together. Okay. This is what we think most likely occurred, not what did happen, but what most likely happened based on, on what we have. When you start pulling in vehicle data, like you get a lot more sense of this is what actually happened. Like there's, there's no biasness to it. There's no cognitive dissonance that like is going to cause people to see something or remember things differently. Like it is what it is. Yeah. Now, granted you're, you don't, you're not dealing with uh, with like an advanced cyber attack from an adversary that's like spoofing data or, or anything like that, right? Like assuming like security is well-maintained and you're not dealing with an adversary doing something like that, then you do get a more clear picture of what happened. Yeah. And I think what that will do for people in the future and going back to kind of, you know, benefiting off of the years of good driving and not focusing on the one bad incident is, you know, real-time reduction of rates is that you can almost see how your rates will change minute to minute almost because your profile is constantly evolving and updating. Right, exactly. And I mean, and that's really useful too from like, you know, like not only the safety department of a carrier, but like even the executive and the finance groups too, right? Like you can see a real-time effect to the efforts that you're putting in. Okay, our safety team just rolled out, you know, this new initiative. And next month, our rate went down. And now you can quantify that, right? You can say, we saved $20, you know, per driver. Like you can quantify that and you can say like, hey, that was a useful thing. I mean, right now, I mean, ultimately what metric do they have that's quantifiable that they could use? How many accidents did we have? How many miles, safe miles do we have? Like they're they're kind of squishy. They're, they're, they're bigger things that take a while to kind of, collect and, 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 and all that, but like safety ratings generated from artificial intelligence, looking at control system data right off of the truck in real time. Like you can quantify that immediately. You can see the effect on that briefing or on that training package or on this or on that. You can see that immediately. And then, you know, like, do I continue to invest down that path? Or is it not working and we should invest here? That allows you to move faster and pivot quicker fail fast and recover and then find the thing that actually works. Right. Yeah. And I mean, with telematics and the really just immediate adoption of new applications for, you know, safety or weather or whatever it is, you know, you can adjust those things on a dime as well. It's no longer, all right, we're going to implement this three month training course. And then at the end of the three months, we're going to evaluate it. Then it's like, we can install this app, run it for a month and then switch apps if it's not working. Right. And time and time again, we have example after example after example of why it pays to be adaptable. 
mm-hmm. and to like move very quickly, right? Like even in navigation, right? Like if you can identify that there is a blockage ahead, you can get off three exits before it, route around it and keep that truck rolling and not just sitting there after an accident or, you know, like being held up in a traffic jam because of an accident or a fire, like, you know, a brush fire in a forest that's causing smoke across the thing. Like if you can, if you can get the information in real time quick enough, you can make decisions and you can make changes to optimize your performance to achieve business objectives, right? Getting a little buzzwordy here. Um, but it's exactly true in the same thing. Like you can monitor all of these things in real time. You can make decisions very quickly. You can tell if it was a good decision or a bad decision very fast. You can either succeed or fail quickly and then pivot again. Right. And you just keep doing it to where you find the most optimal path. What's working, what's working today. Cause what's working tomorrow, you might get diminishing returns. Things might change and you can be adaptable with that. If you're using data from five years ago, good luck. Right. You're not going to be adaptable. Yeah. You're, you're just not. You're And you're not going to keep up with all the other carriers that are adopting the technology and that are being like very quick and pivoting fast. Yeah. And taking this forward right into the future is I wonder if we're going to get to a point where all the data coming all off of all the vehicles around can actually be predictive to accidents and prevent accidents. Right. It can say, OK, we see this person is slowing down up here while this person behind is speeding up and they don't, it doesn't seem that they see them, you know, and start actually building almost like predictive accident prevention models. Yeah. And, and, you know, honestly, like in the future, it's, it's kind of funny, right? Like it's like running like some of these races at the Olympic level, right? Like you have these amazing athletes and what sets them apart from each other is a fraction of a second. I mean, and you're talking like four minute miles, like fractions of a second is what separates the winner from the loser. Right. And I think we're going to see the exact same thing with technology, right? Like as we get, like, we push this idea of real time systems, edge processing of data, like we were rolling out AI to the edge and we're, we're making decisions very, very quickly. Like what's going to set you apart is idling just a fraction of a second less than the other guy. Right. Like like making the turn and optimizing your path, especially like with autonomous systems too. Like when you optimize your business processes, what's going to set apart first place, second place, third place is just going to be like minute, tiny things all driven by technology. Yeah. Well, I think we're headed to a very interesting place over the next like two to three years or even two to three months, uh, especially with AI and insurance. Uh, Terry, any final thoughts as we wrap this up? No, I mean, I think this was a really good topic. This is a fun one because, you know, like it really is like AI is really redefining every aspect of the world. And, (laughs) you know, and people are like, oh, like it's never going to take over this or it's never going to take over that. Well, it's to take it over. You know, like we're not really even like developing AI in order to like replace humans. It's augmenting humans. It's all, it's like making a, it's optimizing processes. It's, it's making us better at our job. Like everybody's like chat GPT is going to put writers out of job. Have you used chat GPT? There is no way that's taking over people's <laughs> jobs, right? It is not even close to being ready yet, but you can use it re- like to really make yourself better. You still need that human in the loop, but like, but it, it, it helps. It augments, it makes you better. Right. And I think blocks. we're going to see that with, with everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Terry, thank you so much for joining today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. 
All right, we'll catch you all on the next episode. If you'd like to learn more about Fleet Defender, check us out at fleetdefender.com. All right, thanks, everybody. Mm-hmm.